Tell me about Tupac. Can, can I explain something here tonight? That's, that I hope, that I hope, I hope this is, I hope y'all clap because I'm about to say exactly what y'all think. White people always... Be careful. Be careful. No. I can say this because I'm so not a racist. White white people call Tupac. Tupac, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tupac. Tupac. I know. I know. I, if it was Tupac, it would have a K. <laughs> You're not the first. Hopefully after tonight, you will be the last. Before you were sucking on your mama's tit. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get trust up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. It's interesting, uh, y'all. Andy said the exact same thing before I played him the clip, and he had never seen the clip. Yeah. Tupac. It's just, uh, but like I said, if, if, you, if white people can get Eminem right, they can get Tupac right. Well, white folks have been dealing with Eminems <laughs> long before white people have been dealing with Tupacs. The only time white people say two packs is when they go to buy cigarettes. Please, Mr. Indian, I can't pronounce your name. Customer service, give me two packs of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> white people don't know Pac. They know Pac, nigga. Pac. <laughs> um, I'm glad you caught that, or you were aware of that white person faux pas. It's, it's, I don't, whatever. See how you put me on to Petois? <laughs> I just put you on to faux pas. <laughs> faux pas. So we both speak French, nigga. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be like, hey, baby, let me get some of that Petois. Do you have a condom? No. Oh, shit, I just committed a faux pas. Huh. I like it. Yeah. Uh, anything to say while I bring this up real quick? I'm trying to pull this up. Uh no, well, we're just, uh, you guys, we're, you're catching up to us. We're going to, this is part two. This is the uh, two-part Pac episode. Would you say it? Say it again? The two-part Pac episode. Right. Um, this is a two-pack of episodes yes. on Tupac. Yes, yes. I like what you did there. Um, God, I'm trying to get these fucking ads be throwing me. I be forgetting that these shits come on now. Yeah, they got to make their money. Yeah. Uh... I love this song. I fucking love this song. I just want, I pulled up the lyrics because I didn't think the music was going to play. But. Uh... Come on, come on. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself It's like worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being born, even worse, I'm blessed My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch Cops give a damn about a need, bro Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a heat, bro Get it back to the kids, who the hell cares? One less hungry mouth on the welfare First ship them, don't let them kill the brothers Give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead I got love for my brother they're going to cut this all out of our YouTube. We could take the music out and leave the words. Uh, that's going to come with the magic of editing, uh, if that's doable. But uh, I wanted to play that because uh, that's kind of, you know, what we what I alluded to 
in the first part. Uh, well, that to me is the beauty of pop. You know, that first line when he goes, wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is, is life worth living or should I blast myself? And that to me goes beyond just street folks, black folks. That's oh. life. No, that's humanity. That's humanity. And that's why I'm going, this motherfucker had the ability to touch people regardless of color. But like I always say, come on, man, skin folk, kin folk, he's us though. He belongs to us, even though everybody can love him. He belongs to us. So, but that that's just to me powerful when you when you can touch people that way with your words. Well, I made we made a mistake on the first episode. Cause we talked about him being, you know, his the the the, the I said I said light. I we said we called him a bunch of different names right. of stuff that he did. Uh Martin Luther King, you know, uh, whether whether he was Malcolm, you know, all the what we didn't say, artist. We forgot artist. Right. Because primarily that's what he was. He was well, an artist. I, I, I mentioned it. You said it as artist? Oh, yes. oh yeah. Because not just not musically, right. I mean all forms of art. Right. He was a poet. They talked about him being a ballet dancer. Right. A hell of an actor. A great actor. Uh a great actor. I'm I'm serious when I say that. I mean, I'm not I'm not using hyperbole. He was a great actor. Did he have range? We'll never know. He never had the opportunity to do, uh, I, I, but I'm, I think he did. I think he would have. I never saw Gridlocked. Uh, and I know that was a departure from, you know, a Bishop type character. A la Juice. Which for the record, and not because it holds nostalgia in my heart, because I was, I forget how old I was, a teenager when I saw that movie, uh, when Juice came out, which I actually auditioned for Juice too. Omar Epps part. Uh, the better man got the job. See, I'm changing. <laughs> uh, but dude, that to me, when, when like in the movie Lexicon, when they go, the, some of the greatest villains ever in Hollywood cinema history. In the top, I don't know if it's the top five, but I'll definitely know it's in the top ten. You'll hear two characters: Darth Vader and uh, Anthony Hopkins' character from Silence of the Lambs. Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. They're, they're known as two of the greatest movie villains in cinematic history. To me, Tupac Bishop belongs in that. My two favorite scenes that sold it for me and Bishop was when they found out the dude who was robbing the bar got killed in a shootout with the police and Omar Epps and Tupac get in that argument. And I wish I knew the words by heart, but it was so, you know... You got to get the wind beneath your feet, beneath your feet and go out in a blaze if you got to. That's because if we wasn't there to help him, if he was there before dead niggas instead of one. And that other scene where after they shoot uh, the dude from the from the liquor store robbery from the bodega and, and Pac's bugging and everybody's nervous and Omar's in school and he closes the locker door and there's Pac. And he said, you know what? When you told me I wasn't shit, I was kind of tripping, right? But then I thought about it. And I'm, you right. I ain't shit. I ain't never going to be shit. And you less than a man than me. So as soon as I decide that you ain't shit, fuck Rodimez, fuck Quillez. I'm the one you need to be worried about. Partner. Puts the hood over his head. And walks away. Man. That scene to me, though, already, as soon as the locker shuts and, and, you, boom, see, and you see his face. And they get that little movie. Boom. He acted with his face. This is his first movie, and he acted with his face. Do you know how many years it takes actors to learn how to use just their face and not words? This goes back to what you said and what I said. Artist. There's an instinct. It's something you can't teach. It's a gut. It's a muscle flex. Well, he did go to art school. He, no, no, he, no, he, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I'm not. But I'm, But you have to have some natural ability Listen, to find there, that. There, there are actors who go to Strasbourg and don't can't do what De Niro does, right? Or Pacino does. So yes, you can go to the class, but you still got to have it in you. And 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 uh, he had it. He had it. Pac had it. But he was. But he wasn't. He does wasn't just about. 
the performance. He also consumed art. When they're talking about him being in the back of the bus listening to Mariah Carey every morning. Right. He listened to all different types of music. He needed to. I wanted to learn from every master. There you go. So. You know, that's why when you go. It would have been interesting had he lived to see his range. Because like I said, poetic justice to me didn't really require a whole lot of heavy acting. Uh, Bishop, that stands on its own. Like I said, I didn't see Gridlock, but I heard he's fantastic in that. But could he have played the loving dad in a family movie and made you forget Tupac thug life? You know, when I look at Ice Cube, and again, I, I see him in Are We There Yet? It's Ice Cube. The persona, yay, yay. It's there in everything he does. I don't ever see him in a movie and not think Ice Cube. That's why I'm not an Ice Cube fan like that theatrically. He's Ice Cube. So it would have been great to see if if Pac could have range-wise played a doctor, a lawyer, like I said, a loving, doting father. You never see Ice Cube hit any funny points when he's doing his thing. And no. Then, and I, no. I do. Dude, Not the way I go Jason Bateman as the straight man is hilarious. In Friday, Ice Cube is the straight man to Chris Tucker's comedic ba-boom-boom. No. Not a chuckle to be had. No. Because, again, and I'm not trying to be to the people who are writing the comedy, oh, you hate it. Nigga, I'm, I'm in comedy. I come from comedy. 33 years I've been doing this. I've studied it. I know it. None of Ice Cube's comedy mannerisms feels like a natural flex. The one where at he, all. when he's on, the, the one he does on the vacation where he's going with his kids. Are we there yet? Yeah, are we there yet? That one, that one you don't get any? No, here's, where they, here's, here's, here's the funny. You ready? The writer's right. He tries to hang something up on the roof and he's on a ladder. He falls. Ah! He's in the bushes. That's writers setting him up to be funny. But okay, anybody can do that. Show me your own flex. Show me your own muscle. Chris Tucker with Faison and Money Talks in the jail scene. Hey, think about your shit. That's a flex. Eddie Murphy in the Victor Maitland scene in Beverly Hills Cop. Tell Victor Maitland he has Herblick siblings tear. Well, why don't you tell him? I think that would be best. <laughs> That's an Eddie Murphy flex. That's a natural comedic muscle that you have. Hey, hey. He don't have that. He wasn't a comedian. Okay. You know. But this is what I'm saying in the Tupac thing. When I talk about range. Yeah. I think he would have had range. Pitch Ice Cube as your lawyer. Or your doctor. Come on, man. Hand me the scalp. Where my suit? What do they call it? The nigga that helps the sous chef? Not a sous chef, but a sous something that helps the doctor? Uh, a sous something. I don't even know. Whatever. What. Hey, hand me the... We got to cut this nigga open. Hand me the butter knife. <laughs> my client is innocent. Man, he ain't do that shit. Let him go. Yay, yay. It's Ice Cube. I, I, I get what your point is. Uh, and do, Tupac had something different, but I yeah. think he could. I, I Thank you for saving me. You're like, let's get off this before you dig yourself stuff into a into, deeper grave. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you know this, but tomorrow uh, Ice Cube is producing a whole series of movies. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah, but. He de- he definitely had he had range in life, so I'd imagine he would have range in, as an actor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When Tupac said, uh, "We need to make changes and better understand each other," because I ain't going back to Africa. How do you interpret that? I would think most would say, "For this heavenly, like euphoric." Your soul has left your body experience as a black person. Connect with the motherland. Connect with your roots and your history. It'll, it'll, it's moving. It sounds like he was like, I ain't going back to Africa. Man. This is his home. This is where he is. This is, this, this is what, I, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. Right. This is what confuses me sometimes. 
I don't see black Americans as anything but American. So how can, when, when I see the whole a, the African grab, I don't, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, but the African grab, that, that's kind of like Mexicans that live here for, for ages. And, you know, if you saw right. them wearing a sombrero, you'd be like, what are you, what are you up to? That's not you. Right. You're, you're, you're American. You know, you know, this right. is what we are. And, and, but God, you know, this is very difficult because America is still this experiment, right. but we're all here trying to figure it out. That that's that's the other thing. We're all here trying to figure out. Some people are trying to keep people from figuring it out. That's the pro- one of the problems. But we're all here trying to figure it out. And but I see us all as Americans. And when I say us, I mean Americans. So right. so to, to me, I understood that. I, I'm not going. Why would you go back to Africa when this is your this is your homeland now? This is our homeland. Right. We're all part of this. Right. So I I. I I understand that 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 philosophy. This is this is where I'm from, but you know I'm going to take this though, and that's part of what he was saying. I'm taking this. I'm not going that's back exactly to Africa. What white people said? They said we know where we're from, but I'm going to take this. Get in the boat, nigga. But that's I think every American has to has to take that. This is ours. Yeah. So we all accept that this is ours, and and black people had to stand up harder because. Frankly, because of white people, so <laughs> this is what it is. When you say when you say stand up harder, like what do you mean? Well, I'm saying we have to take it, but it was given to white people. Black people have to actually take it. Right? Yeah. Um, let me see something here. And, and to every white person that just heard me say that, that's going to go well. I don't, if you go look through the history, think about when land and property was given away to people living in America and you could get on your horse with a flag and you go plant it in your ground and then you could claim that land. Go back through history and look at where black folks were and ask how much land they were allowed to claim. Right. And so don't, because uh, I know people who are Irish descent are going to say, well, we didn't have it that way either. You were allowed to go and get your property. I'm just making sure that we understand what I'm trying to say. When they mention <clears throat> Fred Hampton, Malcolm X, Dr. King. And I've said this before when I just go, you know, it, it, it's, I know it's music. I know it's not, you know, it's music. It's, it's entertainment. This, you can't take it. You can only take it so serious. But at all, again, I always just thought it was funny when musicians, artists, poets, because essentially that's what these guys are. They're, they're poets. They're reciting poetry, which is the, the least non-gangsterish shit you could do. But, when you have this thing where you try to portray this image of you as a gangster, you gangster, you hardcore. You know, even when 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 they show cut to later, I think it was, I don't know if it was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where Snoop, I think Pac was inducted. Yeah, I think, yeah, yes. when they do the 3D. Yes, and he's inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Snoop goes, nigga, you gangster. And I just, with that, and I just go, nigga, stop it. Fred Hampton, Malcolm X and Dr. King were gangster because they knew they were going to die. They knew they were playing a game in which they were going to die. Martin Luther King in his last speech called it. I may not get there with you. He knew he was going to die. When you know you are going to die and you stick to your cause without wavering at all because you've accepted that's your fate. That's gangster. That to me is the hardest shit you could ever do. When you, how do you sleep at night? How are you not waking up in cold sweats and nightmares going, when is it coming? You know it's coming. When is it coming? Well, and you're waiting for it. And you have, and, 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 and you have a family. That too. You know what I mean? That you're taking, you, you, dude, in Godfather of Harlem, there was a moment where, uh, I think once he, he, he Okay, there was a moment where basically Malcolm X wrote a letter to Bumpy Johnson. And he said, you know, listen, man, I want to live. I want to be there for my daughters. I would love to see them grow. But I know that's probably not likely for me. And to even more weight to what you said, you don't want to see your kids grow? You don't want to walk your daughters down the aisle? You don't want to help your son develop to be a man? Even with that, you go, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to see that day. And you still, you're not bailing out? You're not going, man, fuck this shit. That, that, what's harder than that? You know, uh, 
when you accept the challenge. That's some balls, nigga. That's a set of balls. And the other thing is, but see, no, I'm not going to say that. What? No, because I, I'm, I'm disagreeing with myself as I'm thinking it. Oh, God, I wonder what that epic battle in your head looks like. Well, it, it's the idea of what a gangster is, you know? And I mean, when, when you think about Dr. King, when you think about Malcolm X, you have to look at it as they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it for the people. But the idea of the true gangster was for his people. But right. is it all? But is it always? The downfall seems when it's not for the people. It seems when it's for for themselves. Like is, political? No, like, like when personal gain ru- right, ruins right, a gangster. Right. But, but did you? But did you ever get the sense from Fred? Malcolm and Martin that it wasn't about anything other no, than No, 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 no. That, that's why that's oh. that's beyond gangster to me. Oh, that's what okay. that so I was kind of battling that in my right, head right. how 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 that comes together. Right. Um but no, that they're they're definitely there for the greater good. And so and to know I, I think that's the only way you can get through it if you know that it's better for everyone in the long run that you're willing to do this. Right. But now with the Panthers, this is where I have this is where the the, the difficulty comes in. They're Marxist. They're they're. T- this is about overthrowing the government, though. Right. So this is a different. This is a whole different strategy. This isn't about coming together and people being American and being the people <laughs> working within the the framework of the Constitution. Right. This is another thing. This is the the capitalism isn't going to work. Uh, capitalism doesn't have uh, uh, empathy, and it needs to it needs to be overturned for the people. Right. But that, in theory, it works. What he's saying, what the, what what that what that movement says, in theory. But we have countless uh, attempts at 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 this that doesn't work. That shows it doesn't work. That it devolves faster than capitalism does. And I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I had a conversation with someone about this the other day. Capitalism doesn't work without a socialist safety net. But communism doesn't work without a capitalist engine. So, uh, which we're which we're watching right now in China. So, it, there has to be a little bit of a hybrid between both. So, we'll, but one tends to allow more freedom, but it's more corruptible. And they're, they're both corruptible. Forget that. Um, you know when uh, and and because this to me is less about artistry, but again. What I love is there's, there's so many layers to Pac where he could get away with things that most people couldn't. Uh, and, and that comes with a special, I don't know if talent is the right word, maybe talent is one of the words. But that, it, like, for instance, when he spoke at the summits and defied authority, when they said to him, yo, don't curse, yeah. you know, watch your language. Cut to, and these motherfuckers and niggas in the street, these goddamn... And by the time it was over, they applauded. Damn, they got a standing ovation. And, I, and I, that's why I get with this nigga, passion. A talent, I got to say talent with passion. He spoke in a way where for him, you could throw out the rules. For him, you adjusted. Because a lot of what he's saying made sense. He was right. You felt where he was coming from. Like a sermon, a good sermon There was that on- was laced with profanity. But because there was honesty in the profanity, there was honesty in what was being said. Right. He wasn't saying anything that wasn't true. It wasn't presented in the way that people would smile out after it said. But I think his point was, we don't want to smile. Right. Right. Interesting. One of the most interesting people. Uh, as I watched this, I, 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 it was way more interesting than I thought he was. And the, and and what what goes to show you that is not everybody has the ability to grab everybody, especially in terms of race. There are some people black that when they speak, for whatever reason, how they speak, the way the, what's in the message. The delivery, the tone, people get tuned out where others pull you in. And they showed it. 
You know, even when Pac was on that show, it was kind of like a Sully Je- Jesse Raphael. And they had on the panel the white lady, the cop, talking about his music and how detrimental it is. And there were so many white people in the audience, youthful, and that's, but let's be honest, as, they, as we know, they would say, more white people bought rap than black kids. Uh, and part of that youthful rah-rah and, and you know, white people want to be, young white people want to be a part of the fight. They want to be a part of what's cool. So when he was saying this stuff about- Until they get the job and right, make some money. Right. Um, <laughs> that's the most, one of the most honest things ever. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's like they were with him on, yeah, white lady, don't tell him how his people are in his community and what they need when you've never stepped foot in this community, that the people, the white people that are applauding and on Pac's side, they ain't really stepped foot in this community either. But I, I think, again, that white youth, where they want to be part of a movement, a protest, a struggle, they seem to be more open-minded. Right or wrong. They want to right or wrong. They want they want life to be better. They, they right. see it. Okay. They see it, but they see it from a... <sighs> they, they see it from a perspective their parents won't even try to. Yeah, but they also see it in the luxury of their parents' home. Safety. Yeah. Right. Right. Change that doesn't cost you is a lot easier to talk about. Okay. So, you know, it's... I'm all... I, I love that, especially, even right now when we talk about it, the movement... The youth is behind it. But we had this. We saw this in the 60s. Mm-hmm. We saw this in, in, in the civil rights movement. We saw white and black together. And, and, and like I said, what happens? So you want to get a job? You want to have a family? Uh, what happens? Right. Where does it go? Where does you knew? What, if you watch tapes of what was happening in the 60s and you see what's going on and the empowerment and the changes we need to make, what happened? Where'd it go? This is why I don't, I don't, I, 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 as much as, is that I, I, how I talk and how I want things to change. I have, uh, uh, I take everything that I say with a grain of salt in it because I know we've been here before and this group, maybe this group does do a better job than the previous group did. Maybe they take it further and maybe they do make more changes. I mean, incrementally changes were made and maybe it is, and it's better than it was then. But why didn't we carry it out? What, what, where, where was the Super Bowl? There, that movement was kind of like the Buffalo Bills. It went four times for the championship, but it never won. How, how did it go there? How did it go? Look, we saw the movement. We saw the people, black, white, America coming together, want to make the change. So what happened? And where are those people and wait, for, this, for making this country the way that they saw it? Where did all that go? Did it happen when 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 uh, when King's killed? When when Malcolm X is killed? When John F. Kennedy's killed? When Robert Kennedy is killed? Is that is that was that the pause? Was it, did that kill it? I, I mean, I'm being honest. I don't know if that was enough to kill it. But isn't that isn't the, and this is when I go to the safety of your home. If you saw that was happening and you saw them trying to kill it, do you you run back to the safety or do you or do you fight harder and stronger? Right. And I think we know what happened. Um, episode three. Uh, this is how they opened the episode. Pac is talking to camera. And he says, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible. Me, I'm saying this in regards to Pac. But when he opened the episode and he starts off going, I'm not going to act white. I'm not gonna buy a, I'm not gonna buy a I'm gonna buy a Benz because that's what niggas do. I couldn't help oh uh, buy a Benz because that and I'm gonna smoke weed because that's what niggas do. And I'm gonna continue to act the way I act because that's what niggas do. At that moment, I thought to myself, and you're gonna die because that's what niggas do. That okay, that's the that's the other side though. You know, when I'm saying this, what happened? Where did it all go? Where did it, where did that become? That's that's what I can't say it, but that's where did it become? Or that's what niggas do? Yeah. When 
When did that become? I, I, and I'm not saying that that's not the, because you can't a, be that wild and not be a statistic. So, um, I would ask that question earlier. When did it go wrong? And you said we said when he jaywalked and the cops fucked with him. I, I think that's mentally where that where that went wrong. But he had opportunities. But you know, and they say I think this is in episode three when they talk about it. I forgot who said it to him, but he said, you can't trust every black person. You can't right. trust, you can't, that's going to be his, your downfall because that's who's going to come get you in the end, basically is what they said. That's who's going to come for you. Um, and that's who came for him because this, and then and this is what I want to say when we talk about it, you said to me about uh, uh, when I'm talking about financially, the, the, the system, what turns black people on other black people? It's, it's the finance. It's the money. It's the economy. People see someone with more. This is what turns everybody on everybody, actually. It's with more. Well. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, that's what, that's where this turns. Because people become jealous of other people that had opportunities that they didn't have. Whether they don't understand that that person might have went and did things to create that opportunity. That doesn't make a difference. It was still opportunity that they didn't have. When Mike Tyson tells you, you have to cool out. They, that's <laughs> a sign, nigga. Mike Tyson, when they interviewed Mike, Mike said, man, I told Pac, man, chill, man. You got to cool out. You're going to be in here when I'm just coming out. Right. And, and if there's anybody you would have thought would have ended up like Pac, it was Tyson. But, you know... All praise is due to Allah. You know what I mean? He's older, he's mature, he's better. I wish I wish Pac had the same fate. But but here's I, I, listen, I, the same thing that saved Tyson though. Don't you think that cost him a little bit of who he was in the ring? Don't we? The same uh, thing that saved Tyson. The same thing that saved Tyson was him getting old, a little mature looking at life in a different way. No, Did he lose no. a little bit of his edge from that or not? No, I, I think he had already lost his edge before that maturity. Because again, when he came out of prison, he said, you know, he really didn't want to box. He's doing it for the money and he was coked up half the time. Okay, so that, that's fair enough. Yeah. But he uh, he did age and he did he did find some peace. Yeah. Like he wanted the peace. He didn't want the... Right. That, that, right. I, 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 I think this is just... I, but I, I don't think... And this is where it gets, if you put people in economic depression, if like, because Pac talks about it in episode one, we're poor, we're poor, as, we're, we're broke, we're just, we're broke, we have nothing. Right. No matter what you are, black, white, wherever you come from, as we, as we watch immigrants come in here from other countries that were, have everything taken away from here and they start at nothing, people either rise or fall. And the ones that fall, fall, but others rise. What's the difference? There's black people that have been very successful through all this. So there is a difference. Is it luck? Is it, uh, what, what is that difference? And then you have Pac that's rising. He's, he's got past certain things, but something keeps pulling him back. And what is that that's pulling him back? Yeah. I, I, this I, is, you know, what's that that's pulling him back is, again, to be 24, to be that young, with money and fame and knowledge and knowledge and a little ignorance uh, and nobody, to, again, no father figure or, or strong enough presence in your life to help you and guide you a little bit. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hell of a path. Well, you say no, fa no father, but he, his mother was in rehab. He loved his mother, but right. she's in rehab. He didn't have a mother either really at that time. But then that, that more to it. So, I, 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 as you, as you take these, these pieces and you, you know, as you're, as you're putting this puzzle together of what causes it, look at the inequities of some people's lives. It, I, I'm not saying that it, I'm, I, what I'm saying is I can, you can point to the black experience having a lot more of these issues, but we can point to people that have these issues that don't even, that aren't black. And you can see that this has this kind of effect on people, no matter how talented they are, no matter how much education they get, no matter what opportunities, these pieces remove part of the, 
part of you. And then add the culture and him going down the street as a young man, finally coming up where you're starting to feel good. Remember, he says, I'm broke. Now I have some money. I'm going someplace. And what happens? Someone beats you down in the street to make you feel like you aren't shit. And where does that leave you? After all that, after being that kid, going through everything that he went through, and that's the experience that you have, and they tell you you ain't any different than when you were poor, you were broke, you didn't have anything. Yeah. I, 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 that's why I keep going back there. I think that has to be the that has to be the point where that that that's the fuse. The fuse is lit. I don't know how long how long that fuse is, but that's the fuse that's lit. And then you have that experience, and now you, you you're coming to go see. Uh, you're, you're coming to the recording studio and you feeling good. And who is the one that jumps you? Who's the one that shoots you? The people that you thought you could trust. And then you get convicted for a rape you didn't do. And then you he didn't get convicted for rape either. He just oh, got right. for, for being there. For being there. The guys that raped her didn't even get convicted. Right. So that how, how is that even yeah. who are you? Who are you coming after? Now, I can't trust these people. I can't trust these people. The system is going to put me in jail for something I didn't even do, but I was there. And these other guys, do you have a place to turn anymore? Right. <clears throat> My mom's in, in, in rehab. I got no father. Yeah. Yeah. Is it surprising? My influence or my fake father figure is Suge Knight. Well, and, and that's funny though, because it, now, now just take this for a second. Suge Knight is that, how did you describe him? What did you say for, about him in the, the first de episode? The devil, and the, the, the devil was a person. Okay, but he came across as hard, male figure. His upbringing where he was to look up to Black Panthers, what were they? The, the idea of them, hard, solid, strong men. But, but the, well, you know there's a difference, though. Yeah, I know that right. there's a difference, but when you're coming up as a kid and you're looking up to people that are strong-willed, and then you see this guy who is strong-willed, sometimes you don't see the difference. You just see a strong man. You, 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 that was what you were looking for. These are the people that my mom was with, the Panthers, strong men. And then you have this guy who comes in who says he's going to take care of you, and he is a strong man. But he doesn't have your best interest at heart. And again, you're in your 20s. And you're in your 20s. And you're looking for that. You're looking for someone who's going to be and that you person. don't know no better. Yeah, that, that's, 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 whew. So everything about this guy who is so smart, so talented, but every everything is nothing is making any sense. What's adding up? What's adding up for him? Yeah, this is one of those where I can't imagine because I'm not in no shoes, nor have I ever been close to being in no shoes. So it's easy to judge from the outside looking in. But when you when you factor all of that, that's a lot of weight for a 20 year old. Yeah. And we saw Mike Tyson. Becoming the youngest heavyweight champ ever at 19, all that weight and what that did to him. Yeah, well, great power comes great responsibility. Um, the two black undercover cops during the court trial for the Panther, Black Panther 21. How do these niggas sleep at night? I can't imagine. How the fuck do you sleep at night as a black person? You're in law enforcement undercover to help bring down the Panthers. People that have to carry guns to protect themselves, running lunch programs to make sure our babies eat, helping people get off the of heroin with acupuncture. How do you sleep at night? Well, before you, before you, we get off, because you said something, carrying guns to protect ourselves. I disagree with that completely because they weren't carrying guns to protect themselves. They were carrying guns because they had the right to protect themselves and they had the right to carry those arms. So what's the difference? The difference is it isn't even about protection. It's you want me to be American. You say that I'm American. I'm going to test your legal system because I'm, I am actually talking about a revolutionary overthrow. Like this is the wrong government. This is pointing out the the uh, hypocrisy of the government when you say we have the right to bear arms and we want to protect ourselves so we bear arms so that we can protect ourselves in that need and now we don't have the right to anymore because we're black men that have arms. I, what I'm just saying is I, I think that that wasn't just to protect themselves. I think it was to show oh, the hypocrisy okay, okay. of the government that, that they're, well, they're fighting be, oh, against. Okay, okay. That right. we should they should be taking note of that. Right. I, I think that you know that this this 
every every turn in this in this uh, documentary shows the confusion because nothing make nothing fits. Nothing fits. None of it fits. And when you said the black men who would do this, well, if they believe in country and they're American and they see that this is a, a Marxist regime and they want to, they want to, they want to stop that. That's one thing. But to set them up to do things to um, so that the police can go in and basically assassinate everyone. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. If you want to end it and you think you could go in there and get so in, you, so are you saying that? those black cops slash snitches because they use the word snitches. And yes. This. Are you saying that if they did it for the marksmen or because they they were against the, the, the Marxist ideology that the, the Panthers were, were putting forth and, okay, and, so and they, as revolutionaries, they didn't agree with it. So That's, if they did it for that reason, it's okay. No, if they did it for that reason and the FBI was working because of that, not to assassinate the people, but to, to end the, the, the idea of the Panthers, uh, not end the let me let me rephrase that. If they were doing it to protect America from uh, Marxism, I would go okay. I understand why they did it, but that's not what was happening because you're watching what happens and they're doing it so that they can basically eliminate. And when I say eliminate, that means removal of life from these panther from the Black Panthers. They burned down the they they were the cause of what happened, which was burning down the buildings, doing that. That I don't understand how you could live so, with that. So based on the context of what you saw and heard in the documentary in regards to that, are you team Panthers or team government? No, I'm team Panthers. Oh, oh, oh shit. Okay. But sometimes trying to understand you is like going through a Indiana Jones maze. Yeah. But what I'm, but what I'm trying to say is I could understand why someone who was against Marxism and wanted to protect the, their government and believed in the government, the, the, the system of democracy here, that they believed in that that was the right thing. Right. And so they would go in and they, if they were trying to give intel so that they could, uh, but that's not what was happening. There was no issue on, on defending against it. They wanted to eliminate it. They wanted to crush it, not just they wanted to take everyone out that was involved in it. Right. And that's a different story. But when you take that, take it one more step, the other guy one of the two guys is is one of the people that is in Malcolm X's uh, yeah. group, and we know what happened to Ma- Malcolm X. Right. So th- this is a legacy of that kind of work. Right. Okay. Uh, and when, you know when they talked about how Afeni Shakur took down the system for the Black Panther Twenty One, I thought only as a black woman could. Oh fuck! That the power and the beauty of black women. Jesus Christ. She actually took, she, like, she was the reason. Because of the question she asked, were you operating as? Right. And, and they said for somebody who wasn't a lawyer, she lawyered the shit out of that. Yeah. Dear mama. Because if she would have had a lawyer right. representing her, they would have lost. Right. Um, and before I go to episode four, uh, black people, for the record, uh, looked it, not a word. Who said looked it? Tupac's sister. <laughs> she has a little bit of that phraseology going on. And the crazy thing is, we looked it. Looked it is not a word, black people. Uh, oh, uh, I, three of my four notes in episode four, we already covered. So I only got one note really in episode four. It wasn't even a big, well, actually two. Uh, one, Man, they really, I mean, given what this uh, documentary was, given how it played, they it made me realize they really dropped the ball on that Tupac movie. When you make a movie based on a guy like Tupac, who's this complex, with these stories, with the Black Panthers and all that knowledge and all that backstory, All Eyes on Me, that movie was a dud. And, and people, and I agree, I'm one of them, thought that movie was a dud before I saw this doc. It really is a dud now. But that's the difference between uh, a, a movie about someone and actual a documentary. And even a documentary uh, has leanings one way or the other where they bring up, which, by the way, before we go too far off that, the fact that uh, this was done by uh, which Hughes? Which, which of the Hughes brothers was this? Oh, one of the Hughes. I don't know which one, but uh, I think uh, Alan. Yeah. 
Because um, it's Alan and Albert. I think it, Alan. it was Alan. Right. And for uh, for what their history was, the right. fact that he did this and the way he did it, uh, perfect person to do a documentary. Because he's not looking one way. He's looking for the documentary, not to one side or the other side. Right. He's just putting out the documentary. And uh, he did a great job. Yeah, I don't know if you can measure in terms of artistic relevance, who's more important, who's more needed. I think all that falls under the subjective umbrella. But when you look at a movie like, and I, again, I always say, my favorite autobiographical movie, Ray. Jamie Foxx is Ray. That movie is a masterpiece from beginning to end. Performance, the music, the storytelling, yeah, but Pac movie. And, and, and again, I, I don't know who's more important, Ray Charles or Tupac. I don't know who's more needed, who changed the game more, Ray or Tupac. Does that matter? I don't know. But if you're going to tackle a Tupac, who's a complex, intriguing, uh, what's that word my manager used uh, when he was describing me? Um, God damn. I forget the word, but uh, when you're just taking on somebody that's that explosive, you want to get it right. Yeah, but Par- go ahead. When you talk about the Ray movie, though, that movie's to leave you to show you some sad things, but it's also a triumphant movie, isn't it? Okay. Do you you don't think Ray's life was much sadder than that? Much more difficult than that? Than what they showed? Yeah. It seemed pretty sad to me when it needed to be. Yeah, but when he goes, yeah, but how how he knows that they're counting the money and he, you know, just all those things, all the times that he polarizing. Got, polarizing. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, there's a lot more. I, I think there was there's a if there was a documentary that they went into the details on how he got through life, even in the in the beginning, it would be a lot. It would be a lot darker than than what we got out of the movie. Uh, okay, maybe if they did, if I saw a Ray Charles docu- documentary. And saw that, yeah. I would go, oh, okay, I see what you. But from what I saw, uh, they did a pretty damn good job. I think it was a great movie, but I think a documentary really shows the 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 belly, the underbelly of what's going on with someone's life and why they got to this point. Because you you know he's addicted to heroin. They don't really give you the. We we know that he's addicted to to heroin in in, in Ray, right. but they don't give you the the you know he tried it, he did it the one time. Oh come on, man, you know. Right. And okay, now he's a heroin addict. They didn't go through the 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 the, the pain that someone goes that they're covering to become this heroin addict. Right. Um, anyway, we're getting off topic, but that's uh, no, no. I no. think documentaries. I think true documentaries don't have to give us anything that we have to enjoy. Yes, and again, when uh, I love when they cut to Tyson, and he said to Pac one time, and they quoted, he, he said. Shut your fucking mouth. This is Mike Tyson telling you to shut your fucking mouth. You know, you need a Mike Tyson sometimes. Me? <laughs> oh, hilarious, nigga. Hilarious. That, that, wouldn't that be funny if Mike could just <laughs> pop in like a snap of a finger like bling and just, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> bling. Hey, these guys uh, that do this uh, Mad TV at the end these last few years, uh, rah, rah, rah. Hey, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we should get that on tape and just play that for you. Or you just have that. You should have it for yourself where you just hit a button and it plays. Right. Shut your fucking mouth. Um, <laughs> episode five. Listen, this nigga Tyson is a wild boy. When Tyson says, uh, you know, I love to fight. When I fought, when I get in fights, it, it get me erected. That nigga said erected. Um, <laughs> listen, folks, uh, I don't care how much of a badass you think you are. And I'm talking about street niggas. Unless you have a gun and you know how to use it and you're willing to use it. If Mike Tyson or anybody else tells you, but let's stick with Mike Tyson because we know him. We know his history. We know his fighting ability and his one punch knockout ability. If he tells you that when he knocks a nigga out, he gets erected. Uh, run. Be- because, because if he gets erected, depending on what his mood is after the erection, he might not want it to go to waste. But don't you think that's why some of the guys just stay down? 
they they laid on the canvas. Right, like this dude has, and if and if they landed on their stomachs, they rolled over. That nigga said erected. <laughs> you see, go back and look at all the videos. Watch him like hit the ground, stomach, and then you just watch him roll over. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Um. Uh. You know, and I wrote, uh, to be 25 years old and tell your mom you're not happy here. To say in your own lyrics, and I forget what song it was, you see death as your early exit. It's like he wanted death because that's what he saw for himself. Again, like I said with Martin, you know, I might not get there with you, Tupac. He's, I forget what song it was, but something where he said, I see myself going out in the hearse. Like he was predicting his own demise at 25. Listen, I'm not... I'm not going to suggest this is true, but there is things known as a Jesus complex. Meaning you're high on your own shit? You, you just believe so much and you, you have these things that you want to have happen and you put all your effort into it and you believe that you will, that you will die for this. Right. And I think that, I think there might've been a little bit of that because he, like you said, he, he was predicting his own death. He was, you know, the whole Machiavelli idea um, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be, uh, when you, when you, when you portray that idea, uh, you, you have a lot of, uh, a belief within yourself on, on, on your, on, on, on a, a level that has, that is almost not attainable. Right. Um, I got two more notes and I'm going to skip one of them because I'm just going to be repeating myself. Uh, and the second note I have to me is far more important. Uh, when his mother reads this, reads an excerpt, she's, she's at, at some function, she's at the podium, and she's reading an excerpt from one of her favorite books. And she says, uh, she begins to sing after she reads the excerpt. She goes, we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes, until the killing of black men black mother's sons is as important as the killing of white men and white mother's sons. Um, And this is where I go, I have a problem. And I know there are going to be people that say, come on, man, it ain't that serious. It's a movie. Lighten up. It's not real. It's fictitious. I get all that. But for me, this is why I have a problem sometimes where I always go, maybe I'm chauvinistic. But when I see again white women, Shalise Theron and Angelina Jolie, kicking men's asses in movies, being badasses, breaking limbs, throwing guys through windows, smashing them over tables, back kicking them in the throat, having them fucking fly through a wall. Because I just go, too many times, white women are depicted in fantasy where black women have always been in reality badasses. I'm not saying historically there haven't been white women who have done kick-ass shit. I'm not saying that historically white women haven't had to put their dicks on the table. But that line where she goes, the killing of black men and black mothers is as important as the killing of white men and white mothers' sons. Our father's our brothers, our uncles, grandsons, husbands, from slavery to, to the 60s to today to police brutality. How many black mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, wives have to fucking go to funerals and cry at the slaying of us? Now, I don't want to play the game of, well, it happens to white women, too. Yeah, okay, we know, but we talk about levels. We talk about the scale, history, what we've seen, the footage, what's on paper, what's in the books. So again, I know there might be people going, man, you over this a fucking movie. It may be a movie, but art often imitates life. So yes, that that line moved me. That's why I, for me to look at white women from a heroin position, beat up men. When I know the baddest, toughest bitches on the planet are black women, have been black women because of what they've had to endure. 
You know, when a, when a, when a, when a, when a, when a black woman's husband has been flogged and whipped and she's the one who's mending to his back while his pride has been decapitated, while his manhood has been decapitated. And it's his woman that has to fix him and raise him up to let him know you're still a man to me. You're still my husband. You're still ruler of this house, even though white society emasculates you. That's a different kind of courage. That's a different kind of toughness. So, sorry, but not sorry. That's why I jokingly said jokingly. You know, it's always funny to me when, you know, white girls, especially when I see it on social media, imitating black bitches, talking that talk, snapping them fingers, rolling them eyes, cranking that neck, yeah, 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 yeah. And you slap the shit out the average white bitch hard enough, she turns into tears. She folds like a lawn chair. Whereas black girls, girl, hold my earrings. I know this thing could tell. Black girls fight, man. Black women are fighters. Okay, your turn. You know, um, all right. You're going to have to listen to the whole thing, though. You listen to my whole thing, so yeah. go ahead. You know, when we when we do these comparisons and you talk about things and you get you get deeper into it and the years, I will I will say that I think every most people, most peoples that were on the earth throughout the period of time, and if we're going to use race, uh, color, uh, origins of people and make them racial, everyone has experienced some type of hardship. Black, the black hardships were in, in a, a time that's closer to all of us. So it, it seems even more prevalent. But what I will say without even going through all this and saying, yeah, well, this is this and people experience all this. To your point, I will, I will say this, and I don't think I've ever said it this way, so I will say it right now. Uh, if we go worldwide, and it, it may be better today than it's ever been, but let's just go worldwide in my lifetime and your lifetime. Can we absolutely, can we, can, can we say undeniably the value of human life through our lifetime, I think there was always a lesser value placed on black people than white people. Right, let me rephrase that. Black people from, uh, yeah, I, I have to leave it at that. Black people to white people. In, in, its, in its crudest term, because we know that there's different kinds of white people too. People, but I'm just talking about worldwide, globally. I do think that there was a different value. So when you say that, when, when she says that, Black sons, white mothers, it's just as important, how, what, how, however the quote is. It's not deniable. It's, it's the reality. I, 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 you know, I'll always say it to you, I can't give you that, but I'll give you that one. Because I think within my well, life... I want to take from what you just said. You didn't have to give it to me. I took it. Yeah, you took it. But I think in, and I think in our lifetime, and I think it is changing. And my, my concern is, when do we know that it's... How do we know that the change has occurred? Because there's injustice no matter what. But how do we know when it's there? I don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is I, without experiencing your life and understanding how it is to walk in black skin, I can say from a perspective of looking at the world and how certain things are handled, certain things are treated, how some things come to, pro to prominence, how other things are kind of pushed aside. Yes, Black life was always undervalued over white in our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that history, there wasn't, it was, it was, it could have been different in other times in history, That's, but we were closest to this time right here. This is the times that we're dealing in. This is the game that we're playing right now. And I, and I think that that, uh, I don't think there's any denying of that. So what you say, I don't think it's hyperbole. I think, it, or what she said was hyperbole. I think it's true. Yeah. So nah, I don't think I was almost, I can unclench my fist. I thought I was going to have to fight Andy on that one. <laughs> I'm sitting there listening the whole time with my fist, like, let this nigga say something. Well, but then I went, no, okay, he's, he gets it. No, but, but I have said in the past, and I do mean it, there's been experience uh, as, as people have been under, people have been treated poorly. All races have been treated poorly through all history, through all periods of time. We've all, everybody has had their time, has had a turn up 
in 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 the shit box. Right. But we're talking about the one that's within our lifetimes, not the ones, not historically, within our lifetimes, within our understanding. And I don't think that anyone could say throughout the world. I'm not even saying the United States of America. I'm saying through the world. There's, mm. It's always been, it, there, there has been an undervalue of black life over white life. Uh, it makes the news. It, it, you know, Patrice's joke is not a joke when you talk about the white chick that disappears in uh, Aruba. Uh, Aruba, and everybody knew her name. I don't remember right. her name, but and and what's and, this other goofy third word head bitch's name? Lordis, <laughs> Yordis, or something goofy. Right. That that's the best, and that's a comedian's job is to be able to make you laugh at something that is right. obvious. Right. But that is the truth. That is the truth of it. Yes. Everybody, it was advertised. It was advertised. The media was on it. Everybody was talking about I it. I like it's, when I like when he said, you know. Uh, some the baby go missing. They looking for days. He goes, remember them four black football players in Miami? They look for them niggas for eight minutes. They sent somebody to the edge of the beach and just went, nah, we don't, we don't. They're dead. <laughs> yeah, that moment's dead. <laughs> <They're> dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so to your to, to your point is no, I, I don't disagree with that at all. That's 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 the truth. Here, here. Uh, I think we're done. Yeah, yeah, I'll give out some dates real quick. Yeah. That's good because we're almost out of uh, battery on this thing. Anyway. Right on time. Guys, you're listening to this. We're gonna, we're at uh, Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. That's June 1st through the 3rd. We've got five shows. Come on out. Uh, Pittsburgh Improv, June 9th through the 11th. DC Comedy Loft. June 15th through the 18th, and then the return to Arizona, Tempe Improv, June 23rd through the 25th. That's where you're going to find us. Oh, yeah, I'll just throw these two in real quick. Irvine Improv, 6th through the 9th of July, uh, and then the Punchline, Sacramento, the 13th through the 15th of July. Guys, get your tickets. Come out and see us. Get your tickets early, man. Yeah, uh, my man. Can I, can, I, can I say something that's kind of a little off? About the Tupac thing? No. About getting your tickets early. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Black folks, I'm going to talk to you for a second. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know you can get the tickets before the day of show, right? Yes. You can, right? So, yeah. black folks, make a commitment to a time and a space. Come out and see us. I'm saying it only because we go to shows and we see what the numbers are. And then the day of, everybody comes out and loves Aries, loves the show, but we didn't know you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> Can you commit a little earlier? I just, I'm, I'm asking. When the white boys speak, you got to listen. <laughs> come get your tickets. That's the mission. I'm telling you, you got to come early. I done said it. Now you heard me. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's why the white people are always sitting up front. Because they got the tickets early. Well, not just that, because black people, we be scared in the front because <laughs> we don't want to be talked about. We treat the front like the police station. Like, do I really want to get in this motherfucker? <laughs> um, <laughs> my man Phil Thrill again. The song's called Arizona State. 07. That's your country. It is. Arizona State for my man Phil Thrill. Uh, watch the Tupac doc, y'all. It's, it's it, really it, it worth is it. It's fucking moving. Uh, and that last part when his mother sang the Freedom Song had me with the Kleenex. Um, and uh, if you want to write into the pod, Aries Spears 45 at Hotmail. And don't forget, we're on uh, YouTube at Spearsburg Pod. Uh, 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 Pandora. Is it not Pandora? Well, Patreon. Patreon Spearsburg Pod. Instagram Spearsburg Pod. I think that is it. God damn it. We're out. Hi, under. <laughs> Okay, Scott still in Arizona, W, we did. A-issue with Lemon so we still kick it. Gemini flow, that be two sides with it. Talking ying and a yang, yeah, both sides with it. See, everything is good when them finances play out. And I be boarding planes while the mother niggas lay out. Compassion is all I ask for when you get here. Love is secondary, understanding when you see clear. Other shit will get you killed like money in the envy. 
Shout out New York City, tryna spin with DJ Envy. Emilio Estevez, call it Breakfast Club. Uh, Usher Raymond, baby, get some love in the club. Uh, baby, got the vibes, call it Thriller R&B. Shout out Bo Moss, Abdo on the beat. Relaxation, really. Waikiki Beach, and we staying at the Sheridan. Right up on the beach, look. Bunny hop, I'm skipping. That red eye to LA, that turtle lean, I'm sipping. That red eye to LA, I tune it in a minute. That auto shit, no jiffy lube. Late night pussy, where your girl don't leave no lube. I wish you was here, that's what I tell your girl. And then I send a postcard, a diamonds and pearls. Buying property, Jeff Gray, when I'm buying it. You see the irony when niggas really get to rocking it. I lay the smack down like the rock, I be rocking it. I got the Glock tucked down, yeah, I be hiding it. Thriller, I take it all slow. Then I fall back, let her heal though. Go. <laughs> Go. Go. Doggy style, you can get a ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get to say. Got it? 